0: Hello everybody and welcome to another episode of the Big Big 10 football show Big Bets edition for week 11 in the college football season. Last week we were 3 and 3 lost half a unit. That brings us to 31 and 21 on the season plus 13 and a half u- units. We got better on the sides, 29 and 16 picking sides, fell to 0 and 3 on game totals, 2 and 2 with team totals, and we're going to be back at it again. I I think we're due. I think we are due to hit a game total, and why not start there, as one of our two big bets for this week will be under... Indiana and Rutgers under 42 and a half. Honestly, guys, can you imagine putting your money on either one of these offenses? Indiana averages 11.7 points per game in Big Ten play. They are ahead of Rutgers with that number, who's at 11.5 points per game in Big Ten play. These are the worst two offenses in the conference, they are especially bad at quarterback. They are banged up at quarterback. Um, Rutgers averages 5.5 yards per pass. Illinois is last at 5.1 yards per pass. Um, Noah Vidrell is questionable again, as is Indiana's Jack Tuttle. They've been playing the true freshman quarterback. And, you know, they, they've really... Um, gone to running the football they were they looked afraid to pass last week against Michigan and I know you know Rutgers offense is not Michigan's but I think there's still something there where both of these offenses don't really want to take many risks um Indiana's offense is 85th in SP plus Rutgers is 80 excuse me 98th in SP plus now the defenses on the other hand, are respectable, you know, decent. You might say Rutgers' defense is even good. They're 39th in SP+, plus, IU not too far behind in 47th. And and what really put me over the edge was looking at the road games that Rutgers played, which is, you know, you got to figure when they go on the road, they're even more so going to the mentality of let's run the book football, let's win with defense. Well, Rutgers held... Uh, Syracuse to 7 points. They held Michigan to 20 points on the road. Uh, they beat Syracuse 17-7. That was only 24 points in that game. They lost at Michigan 20-13, to only 33 points in that game. Their other two road games, they lost 21-7 to at Northwestern. That's 28 total points. And they beat Illinois 20-14. to That's 34 total points. So all these games are low scoring. There's no reason... To think that this game against Indiana won't be similar. And this is an Indiana team who defensively held Penn State to 21 points and Michigan State to 20. So we know their defense can rise to the occasion when they need to. So I, I think it's just gonna be a very ugly low-scoring game under 42 and a half with Indiana and Rutgers. We have one more big bet this week, and that is Purdue getting three touchdowns. Against Ohio State. I grabbed it when it was 21 and a half in DraftKings. Maybe it'll go back up even better if you can get that number. It's just too high. I gotta be honest, and I've said this before this year, and I think I've actually we've actually done well with these games where I kind of feel like a square. It seems too easy, and and you know, the the sports writer in me is like Purdue. I mean, this is the team that. They, they beat Iowa, undefeated Iowa. They beat Michigan State last week, handed that team their first loss, and now they're getting three touchdowns. You know, the gambler in me is usually more skeptical in terms of when the line doesn't match what the rankings per se is. You know what I mean? Because Purdue is ranked in the college football playoff. So why is this a 21-point spread? But I think the fact that we're talking about taking a dog, going against a big brand it's those are those are not square things right the square play is to go with the favorite the square play is go with ohio state on a typical week and what i really like about purdue this week and i don't think they're going to be the spoiler makers but i think they do have an answer so to speak on both sides of the ball so you're not counting on just one thing they are second only to ohio state in passing offense in the big 10 and they're tied for the conference lead with their seventy point five completion rate, I think they should be able to move the ball in, uh, you know, in through the air against this Ohio State defense that is vulnerable to the pass. In Aidan ha- O'Connell, you have a veteran quarterback. You have an absolute stud, David Bell, who some might argue is the best receiver in this game, as great as Ohio State's receiver room is. And yeah, you know, Purdue is one dimensional, but so is Penn State. And that did not help Ohio State on that night as they gave up 361 yards passing to the Nittany Lions. And defensively, this is a pretty solid uh, Purdue team. They have a guy named George Karlaftis. You may have heard of him. He is projected to be a future first-round pick. I'm not expecting um, them to shut down OSU, but... Purdue is 28th in SP Plus defensively. They're 16th in the nation in scoring defense. They're an aggressive unit that that creates havoc. I think, you know, the quarterback for Ohio State, uh, Stroud, when pressured, he hasn't been terrible, but he hasn't been quite as crisp. And I think they're, they're going to be able to get some heat on him. The OSU offensive line has not been playing well of late. This is one of the best, uh, excuse me, not the best, but one of the most improved units in the Big Ten that is uh, Purdue's defense. So I think what we've seen over the last two weeks with Ohio State, and I've definitely kicked myself two weeks in a row. This is another thing that makes me feel like a square. I've kicked myself two weeks in a row not taking Penn State, not taking Nebraska, or only taking Nebraska in a parlay that uh, went four out of five. That, That was a bummer. You know, that makes me feel like a little bit square that now, after two weeks of not covering, I am going against Ohio State. But I think what we've seen is, you know, when they play a quality opponent, Ohio State simply isn't dominant against those teams. Against their four toughest teams, they have just one double digit win, and that was week one when they beat Minnesota by 14 points. So I think you have to factor that in when you see such a monster line like 21. And I think at the end of the day, would I be shocked if they cover? Obviously not. But I think the line is giving Ohio State respect that they have not earned on the field this year. And for what it's worth, Jeff Brom is one of the top November coaches in all of college football. And what that would tell you is he gets his teams to improve as the season goes on. And that's a positive sign going into this game. If you take out last season, and I do, I think it's fair to take out last year's 0-3, and not because it's 0-3, but, and not only was it a COVID year, but it screwed up the timing of the schedule. So playing in November d- didn't mean the same thing last year as it did in previous seasons. It wasn't your ninth uh 10th, 11th, and 12th games of the seasons like it is on a typical year, like it is this year. So if you take out last year's COVID year, Brahm is 17 and 6 straight up in November, 16 and 6 against the spread. That nugget is courtesy of Bill Connolly. Not only is his team trending up, but they are as healthy as they've been all year. Yeah, they still have uh um you know a key piece who's been out for the year in Corey Trice, but that's been the case for so long. But in terms of other guys, you know, their tight end Burnham was banged up. They've had their running backs are both finally healthy. Their top two backs. Those guys have been in and out this season. So this is as healthy as they've been in a while. All right. Those are our two big bets. Let's move on to our bigger bets for week 11. And with our first bigger bet of the week, we're going to go to the game of the week in the Big Ten, arguably the game of the week in college football. Uh, Michigan going to Happy Valley, taking on Penn State. Both of these teams are very good. I think uh, Penn State is underrated in terms of not being ranked in the college football playoff, although that is not reflective in this point spread. The bottom line is Michigan's offense is simply better than Penn State's. The Wolverines average 6.4 yards per play. That's a full yard better than the Nittany Lions at 5.4. Michigan is by far the more balanced offense as well. I mean, there's no debate in terms of the running game. They are well ahead of Penn State rushing the football. Michigan averages 5.3 yards per carry, 234 yards per game, 26 rushing touchdowns compared to just 3.2 yards per carry for Penn State, 106 yards per game on the ground, not even half. and again 10 touchdowns, not even half. but the Mason Blue, Average 8.1 yards per pass compared to 7.3 for Penn State. So when they drop back to throw, they're getting the ball down the field more often than Penn State is. But having said all that, I do expect Michigan to look to establish a run, and I expect they will with Hassan Haskins barreling between the tackles. I wish I knew that Blake Corum and even freshman Donovan Edwards were both 100% healthy. Edwards is still questionable. He hasn't played the last two weeks. Coram is considered probable, but probably not going to be at 100%. percent you got to imagine he left last week's game against Indiana. Either way, I think Michigan will be able to run the ball uh, since P.J. uh Penn State's top defensive lineman, defensive tackle, was lost for the season with the injury at Iowa. They have been soft up the middle. I am also... Uh, bold and to take the Wolverines here on the road because the way I've seen Cade Mac- McNamara showed he can handle this type of environment um, he looked good in East Lansing against Michigan State through for 383 yards and two touchdowns at Nebraska Michigan for the first time trailed um, this season and both times they responded with scores when they went to Madison he threw two touchdown passes in their blowout win against the Badgers So this passing offense has grown to give them more balance over the past two weeks. We've seen true freshman Andrew Anthony really break out against Sparty. Six catches, 155 yards, two touchdowns. Tight end Eric All had 98 receiving yards in that game, falling just short of his first career 100-yard game. Last week with All sitting out. He's healthy. He'll be fine this week. It was more precautionary. They knew they didn't need him against Indiana. But Luke Scootmaker, the backup tight end, caught two touchdown passes while receiver Cornelius Johnson had his second 100-yard game of the season. So I believe it looks like this Michigan receiving core, receiving group, is uh, peaking at the right time. This is a Wolverines team that's had road games at Wisconsin, at Nebraska, at Michigan State. They are very battle-tested. They have not had an easy road game all season. Throw in the fact that this is a noon game, not a night game, not a, not a whiteout at 730. I think that plays in Michigan's favor as well, which is why I believe they'll get the win on the road. And Jim Harbaugh will even his record to 2-2 two two in Beaver Stadium in Happy Valley. I also, staying in there... Our next bigger bet is under 24 on Penn State. In Big Ten games, Penn State has scored an average of just 22.2 points per game. That number dips further when you talk about games against the top half of the Big Ten defensively. Not just the top two or three, but the top half. That includes Wisconsin, Iowa, Ohio State, even Illinois, against those four teams, they're averaging just 19 and a half points per game. Takeout overtime, it's only 17 and a half. Meanwhile, Michigan is tied for sixth nationally in scoring defense at only 16 points a game. Only two teams this season have scored more than 17 points against Michigan. That's Nebraska and Michigan State. Two offenses that are better than Penn State's. Two offenses that are much more balanced them penn states penn state simply cannot run the football they are 117th nationally in rushing the football which means michigan knows they have to throw and that is a bad formula against the wolverines who have the best pass rushing duo in the big 10 maybe in the country aiden hutchinson has arguably been the best defensive player in all of college football and he is second on his own team in sacks His seven sacks were second to David Ojabo's eight, who is a master at also forcing fumbles. You throw in the inclement weather that is expected this week, which means it will be tough sledding for the Nittany Lions on Saturday. Take under 24 points for Penn State. I also like under Iowa, 20 and a half points. This is an Iowa team that mustered only 17 points against Northwestern last week. Before that, they scored seven against Purdue and seven against Wisconsin. That's a total of 31 points in their last three combines. Their offense is simply reeling. At quarterback, Alex Padilla is in for Spencer Petrus. Well, you know what? Padilla is averaging 5.4 yards per pass, which is worse than Petrus was. He was at 6.4, which was ranked 114th nationally. This is a one-dimensional gophers team for sure but the hawkeyes have no dimensions offensively they're 13th in the big 10 in yards per carry 10th in yards per pass which has them dead last in the conference in total offense this iowa offense their offense this season has been their ball hawking pass defense except the problem this week is minnesota doesn't care to throw the football They have only thrown the ball 175 times this year, which is the fewest in the Big Ten, which means don't expect interceptions to set up easy points for the Hawkeyes. Defensively, the Gophers are 15th scoring nationally, allowing only 18.3 points per game. They're even better in their past seven games, where they've only allowed 13.4 points per game. They've held six of their past seven opponents To 16 points or less, which has me liking the Iowa under 20 and a half, and also leads us right into our biggest bet, which is Minnesota plus five against Iowa. I think there's a good chance for a money line opportunity here. I think the Gophers win this game. As I predicted last week when I took Iowa, I said Tyler Goodson was run for over 100 yards, which he hadn't done for a while. Well, he went for a buck 41. That was the best game he had in the Big Ten. Maybe that's what I should have given out as a prop bet. Um, They quickly got a jolt when Ferenc went to uh, Alex Padilla, the aforementioned Padilla. Iowa scored touchdowns on his first two drives. Yet despite that, despite those two factors, new quarterback coming in, giving you an immediate life your running back finally getting, you know, getting going against a very bad Northwestern rush defense. Despite all that, they still only scored 17 points in a five point win against Northwestern. That's a Northwestern team that lost by 27 to this Minnesota team. That lost by 27 to Michigan, by 49 to Nebraska, by 17 to Michigan State. Iowa's run defense does have good numbers, which might be a little bit of a concern. And I'm not gonna say their defense, their run defense is bad bad but maybe it's not as good as those numbers indicate and i'll tell you why because they've played against the five worst rushing offenses in the big 10 in northwestern in indiana penn state maryland and purdue four of these teams in you know three excuse me three of these teams penn state maryland and purdue have basically given up trying to run the football Um, The best of that group are Northwestern, is Northwestern, who averages just 3.2 yards per carry and 104 yards per game. The only reason they haven't given up throwing the football is because they can't throw it. So the Gophers here are basically the baby Badgers. They are third to Wisconsin and Michigan in terms of rushing offense. They are third to Wisconsin and Iowa in rushing defense. So, like the Badgers who rushed for 166 yards against Iowa, I expect Minnesota will run enough to make sure this is a close game and possibly pull off the upset, and beat Iowa just like Wisconsin did. Minnesota's offensive line is playing very well. Pro Football Focus has them rated as the sixth best offensive line in the country. They have Ko Kieft as the best tight end in college football, the highest rated tight end in college football, and that's based purely on his blocking ability. Um, And that Gophers defense is legit. They are 40th nationally in both expected points added per pass and per rush. I mean yeah they've had a couple of bad games this year Minnesota against Bowling Green against Illinois but and ironically both of those games were at home not on the road but don't blame the defense they allowed just 14 points in those losses so you figure hey if they hold Iowa to 14 even if they lose 14-10 right you still you still can cover that Point spread up plus 5, and as I mentioned earlier, they've allowed just 13.5 points per game in their past 7 games. So this is a Minnesota team that is trending in the right direction. In terms of the other games this week in the Big Ten that I'm not playing, we have Wisconsin. Most books have them 24.5 over Northwestern. This line just keeps going up. One place has and I believe it's Caesars, has them at 25 Part of me was kind of tempted to take the points because you can kind of see a final score of like 24-0 or 27-3. That wouldn't shock me. And, and you have to notice that with the with the total of 41, there is very little wiggle room in terms of this game going under. And Wisconsin covering the spread barring a an outright shutout, which obviously um, could happen. And the fact that, you know, we saw what happened last week where Wisconsin went over by themselves. Who knows if that could happen again, but the Northwestern defense is kind of a solid defense. So I think it really depends on how the scoring goes early on will dictate what type of game we have. So this is a pass for me. Then Michigan State, this line has started to move down from 13 to 12 I believe 11 and a half in one place against Maryland at home. Uh, Michigan State's defense, pass defense, is last in the country, which means Maryland's offense, their pass-heavy, throw-happy offense, should be able to move the ball through the air. I say should because I really can't trust the Terps against a quality opponent. They are also, you know, obviously down their best receiver, their best player in Demas, another good receiver in Jayshon Jones. Since those guys went out, they haven't been as explosive. So maybe they move the ball, but do they convert those drives into touchdowns when they get in the red zone? And, you know, as I said, hard to trust them against a quality opponent. They lost by 37 to Iowa, 49 to Ohio State, 18 at Minnesota, 17 last week against Penn State. You know, in, in which which they gave you a pick six going the other way. It could have been only a ten point loss. We had it at nine and a half, so that would have been okay for us. But it just it was just a typical Maryland play, right? To like give up a game that should have been closer, and it ends up with a bigger margin. Why am I not taking Michigan State? Well, they're coming off two very tough games. Uh, a loss last week. They upset their rival Michigan the week before. After this, they have to take on Ohio State next week, Penn State the week after that. So much pressure on this team, so much on the line. Are they really going to be fully focused on Maryland? Maybe, maybe, but I, I just I can't trust either team, so that's why um, it's a pass for me. Maybe, if you really want to get risky, Maryland, with the money line, I think might have some value if we're talking about just looking for pu- pure value And uh, an interesting three team parlay that I do like. How about Minnesota money line, Rutgers money line under Penn State 24 points? If you want to really uh, ramp it up, maybe just go three money line underdogs Minnesota money line, Rutgers money line, and Maryland money line. You know, throw 10 bucks, 20 bucks on that. Could hit for a big, big number. All right, that is this week's episode. Big Bets Edition. I'm your host, Danny Mogo. You can follow me on Twitter, Dan the B1G Man. Dan the Big Man. Of course, we'll recap our plays. Two big bets under 42 and a half in Indiana hosting Rutgers. Purdue plus 21 against Ohio State. Our three bigger bets. We have Michigan minus one at Penn State. Under Penn State 24 in that same game, as well as under 20 and a half for the Iowa Hawkeyes taking on Minnesota. And our biggest bet, we're going to the Gophers again. I believe they are 2-1 for us with our biggest bets, getting five points against the Iowa Hawkeyes. Uh, let's have another winning week as the season winds down. Good luck.